Welcome to Packrup Media Presents. My name is Adam Fish. Uh, I have a very interesting interview to present to you today. I was lucky enough to speak with Scott Lowen, uh, the CEO of Candy Digital. Candy is uh, a company that was created by some tech and entertainment titans, and they are putting out, uh, at the moment, sports collectible NFTs. They have a really cool MLB Stadium series that is uh, dropping weekly, uh, which you can check out. And we talked about the Stadium series. We talked about baseball. We talked about uh, the future of Candy Digital with college athletes. Uh, So uh, I hope you enjoy it. Check it out. Uh, I'm really happy to be joined by Scott Lowen, the uh, CEO of Candy, to talk a little bit about the company and uh, its plans for the future. Scott, thanks for being here. Thanks, Adam. So uh, to start with, just in case any of our listeners aren't familiar, why don't you just talk a little bit about what Candy is? Yeah, absolutely. Candy Digital uh, is a new uh, platform that was launched at the uh, end of last year. Uh, joint venture between Galaxy Digital and Fanatics. Um, it really set up to be the institutional grade partner for uh, leagues, teams, and athletes in the sports vertical, but ultimately uh, both a, a creation, uh, delivery, and um, secondary market partner for any branded IP owner uh, across different content verticals. So the the company represents a combination of some huge names in technology and entertainment, in case anyone's not aware, um, Michael Rubin, Mike Novogratz, and Gary Vaynerchuk uh, co-founded the company together. Um, How did you get involved with the team and how have those three contributed to building the company to where it's positioned today? Yeah, absolutely. No, we're super fortunate to have uh, fantastic founders uh, and board members uh, with, with Mike, Mike, and Gary. Um, really, the, the company came together, as I said last year, as uh, Galaxy, you know, that sort of the leading merchant bank in the blockchain and, and crypto space, was really looking at where were their opportunities uh, outside of crypto and DeFi, uh, where it looked like mass market would start to have a broader adoption. And for lots of reasons, sports as a content vertical makes a ton of sense. Um, global customer base, uh, you know, passionate uh, fan communities and a significant collectibles business uh, that, you know, has kind of outstripped performance of traditional investment markets and was turbocharged by COVID. Um, as, as everyone, you know, sat at home and dusted off their old cards from their from their attic, right? Sure. Um, and so really thinking about who's the, you know, the right partner in that space, you know, there was no better partner than Fanatics, um, you know, leading retailer in, uh, in, in sports e-commerce. Um, really significant, authentic, and memorabilia business, and you know, 83 million customers that represent fans uh, around the world, and so that was the the genesis of of the partnership coming together, and then thinking about um, with the blockchain and crypto piece, with sports and e-commerce, and then ultimately thinking about you know the intersection of collectibles and media. Gary Vaynerchuk is, you know, at the center of that Venn diagram. And so, you know, that was really how the, I'd say the, you know, the three founders came together. Um, my connection uh, to the business, Mike Nevergratz and I have been business partners uh, for uh, uh, over two decades or almost two decades at this point. 
Um, I got involved in the crypto space in 2016, really through Mike and through Galaxy. And so through conversations last year, um, when we really decided to kind of lean into uh, this space uh, and put this partnership together, that was the, the catalyst for my involvement. Great. Um, and, and how did it come about that the company's first partner was Major League Baseball? Did you look at other alternatives? Uh, there's been some announcements about working with some college athletes in the fall. So how did it come about that that, that was where you wanted to start? So we were pretty um, active in the beginning of the year, uh, speaking to all of the leagues, right? Uh, and you know, really doing, I'd say, kind of three different things. One, educating folks on blockchain to the extent that it hadn't been a focus item for them. Two, explaining uh, what NFTs were and uh, you know why they were important and why we what we saw as the opportunity going forward. And then three, focusing not just on the commercial opportunity, but really the fan engagement opportunity, which is where, where Candy is primarily in fo focused. Uh, we were pretty vocal in the beginning of this year that what we were seeing in the marketplace um, was very much a bubble uh, driven by, you know, asymptotic rises in the price of Bitcoin and ETH. And when, you know, given the front seat that we have uh, in the crypto space from Galaxy's perspective, understanding, you know, not just the infrastructure projects, but the content uh, projects as well. And seeing, you know, that 97% of the, you know, money driving an NBA top shot or, or some of the traditional crypto assets really was from the crypto community. Uh, and there were other factors involved. Um, you know, we, we sounded a cautionary note uh, to say that hey, what we were seeing, while it was astounding, we didn't think was sustainable and that we was, prices were likely to come down pretty dramatically. And that the right thing to do for the leagues was really to think about partnership in this new space and how we think about product development and community and customer development that we really see as sustainable in the long term. And so I think Major League Baseball, um, you know, for a lot of different reasons, um, has been one of the leaders from a technology perspective amongst the major leagues. Um, you know, obviously, uh, incredibly. Uh, you know, diverse and loyal fan base, um, uh, you know, and a tremendous amount of uh, both historical content and obviously, you know, uh, great engagement and, and content today. And so I think the idea of partnership and approaching this space, not by just throwing some products in the marketplace and trying to make a quick buck or see what sticks, but uh, looking at what they had done in the technology space in the, in the past and understanding that you know having a, a more structured rollout with significant a significant partner that had a track record of success was the way that they wanted to proceed. So let's talk a little bit more about that, <clears throat> and I, I do want to uh, go into a bit more detail on the stadium series uh, in a minute. But, but before we do, you mentioned the idea of building something that is kind of a, a more organic rye a more organic growth rather than kind of seeing that that frothiness how do you think uh, a company like yours can approach the rollout of uh, an nft collection or a series of collections in a way that encourages that organic growth yeah i think it's um you know we're, we're thinking about it in a couple different ways um the first is really thinking about uh customer se customer segmentation and so there's no question that our core customer uh, right now, it comes from the crypto community. 
um, you know, if we can create products, which, which we're doing, uh, that appeal to folks who already have a passion for uh, crypto community, decentralized ownership and NFTs, and if we can marry that with officially licensed and branded content from the sport that they're passionate about, that's Nirvana, right? So, um, you know, we've been super excited about being able to offer products to that community and really excited about the feedback and the idea generation that, you know, that they have and, and that dialogue that we have through our Discord server and through Twitter and through other social means. The next layer of customer we really think of as digital natives. Um, you know, those are, you know, kind of the target demographic of the millennials and Gen Zs who already intermediate a pretty significant portion of their social, their entertainment and their commerce through uh, a screen or through a phone. Um, we know that a meaningful percentage of that demographic already owns a crypto asset of some sort, and 70% of those who don't expect to in the next one to two years. And so as we think about kind of organic growth and, and building the, the customer base in the community, meeting those folks where they're at, right, at, uh, through a collectible product or an entertainment product or uh, a trading product, um, you know, we see that as kind of the next, the next ring of customers. And then, then we think about broadly everybody else uh, who's a sports fan. And, you know, with the 83 million customers that Fanatics has, um, you know, we've got great insights into uh, who are baseball fans, who happen to be fans of a particular team, who happens to be fans of a particular player. And so we can start to introduce digital assets to those customers in a more direct way that appeals to their notion of what does it mean to be a fan? How am I building my identity as a fan and how am I connecting to the stories of the teams and the players that I love just through a new type of technology, right? And so, you know, we very much see our mission as, um, you know, both uh, a product development mission, but also an education mission, right? It's reaching across the digital divide, helping people understand, hey, you don't really need to, you know, necessarily understand, you know, the difference between different Ethereum tokens to own an FT, what, what you need to understand is, hey, there's a new sort of digital new product. It happens to be a digital product that connects me back to the team, connects me back to the players that I love and helps me enjoy the game and my community in a different way. Right. So staying on the, the idea, though, of, of avoiding that, that bubble that you referred to earlier, I, I think a lot of what you just described, I, I suspect is probably the same kind of approach that that Top Shot has taken on the basketball side in terms of who they're trying to reach and that education and that kind of thing. Um, and yet they still, you know, obviously they don't control the market exclusively, but they still have that that big run up and then they come down in, as you described, you know, prices that were at least at the time unsustainable. So is there is there a way in which you're approaching product rollout or marketing or or something that that you think directly addresses that? Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with some of the things that you've already seen us do leading up to our platform launch. Um, so, you know, we've partnered with Bitsky while we're building out the Candy platform, which is going to launch in October. But what we've really done is we've tried to uh, create products that span across being, you know, very limited, one of ones or limited editions that may be very high value because they're an auction or maybe just higher value across a limited edition. 
and then open editions that are more, more attainable. And so our second release we did with the Los Angeles Dodgers as a way to celebrate their 2020 World Series win. Um, we had a, a one of one auction, uh, which was a digital version of the championship ring, was a, included a physical version of the ring and the ability to throw a first pitch out at the game. So um, a digital asset, a physical asset, and a unique experience. Right. Um, that was a high value auction that you know sold for just under $100,000. At the same time, we really wanted to give everyday fans an opportunity to participate. And so we created uh, a Dodgers championship medal uh, that was $20.20. That was an open edition available to any fan over the life of the auction. And we minted just under 1,700 of those. I think probably the most rewarding element of that was the amount of feedback that we got uh, from people saying, this was my first NFT. This was the first crypto asset that I had. Um, you know, I used my credit card. It was very straightforward. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I may have known nothing about what NFTs were. I may have been curious. And this was a really easy way for me to start to enter the marketplace. We're doing something similar with the stadium series that we have out now. There's a unique one-of-one auction for each of the stadium pieces that includes different experiences, and there's an open edition. And so I think you know, that model, we feel good about this idea of offering products that are, are lower dollar price, much more democratic, uh, you know, and either let the market determine how many of them we're going to create or have a broader distribution, and then having other products that may be more unique or more limited edition that you know, just by their rarity, we think will be higher value and hold value over time. So is that the plan going forward in terms of your rollouts is the idea to have that kind of bifurcated experience of here's an open edition and then here's that rare utility connected valuable piece so that you can sort of serve each of those without maybe one being confused for the other, which can maybe lead to that to to those uh, price uh, aberrations. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I, I don't know that every product release that we do will have those characteristics. I think we see for a vibrant marketplace, um, you know, the idea of releasing, of having different styles of releases. So we'll have some products that are open edition. We'll have some products that are blind packs. We'll have some products that are, um, you know, limited edition or, or ones of ones. And, you know, I think from a fan's perspective and a collector's perspective, it, it resonates with the way people enjoy the game. Um, you know, there are people who uh, make impulse purchases because they were at the game and it was an exciting moment or, you know, their team is doing well and they're saying, hey, I, I want to own a piece of that. Um, there are some folks who think about that uh, as a collector, which is, you know, I'm building my story and I'm, I, and I'm building up this collection over time following a particular team or a particular player. Um, and then there's some higher value add stuff that, you know, might only happen at a charity auction or at a special event, but, you know, can be episodic. It's not something that you're, you know, you're going to be out in the marketplace with every week. Right now, you know, what we've released we, uh, are the products that we've done in partnership with Major League Baseball. Um, you know, in the fall, we'll start to introduce products that also incorporate the individual player name, image, and likeness with the, you know, in terms of our partnership with the Players Association. So again, we also see this diversity of products, some that tie directly to the player, some that tied to the team, and then some that go back to baseball history overall. And so you, 
you touched on the stadium series and I do want to make sure that we, that we talk about it a little bit today. Um, so for, in case anyone isn't familiar with the details of it, can you give, give some color on the stadium series and kind of the artwork and what it's about and how it came together? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, following the release of the, the Dodgers project um, and leading up to our platform launch in October, we really wanted to provide an opportunity for uh, each of the teams, uh, each of the 30 teams in Major League Baseball to have a product offering and start to engage their fans, um, you know, leading up to the broader release. And so as we were thinking about the right way to do that and thinking about, um, you know, what the teams getting the feedback from the teams and what they were interested in. I think there were two elements to it. Um, one was uh, this idea of experience and this idea of providing something unique that could become available to, uh, to a fan that they may not otherwise have a chance at uh, these once of a once in a lifetime type of opportunities but then also that importance of creating a, a series of assets that uh, would be broadly available to, to anyone who is interested. And so um, S. Preston is an artist who's based out in California. He's well known in the baseball community. He's been officially licensed by Major League Baseball and has produced a series of digital art um, that are these abstracted minimalist uh, versions of the stadiums. And um, you know, we, we had met uh, met S. Preston, um, you know, really liked him, liked his work, and thought that might be a really interesting bridge to uh, you know each of the different stadiums. And so we presented that idea to Major League Baseball, discussed it with the teams. Um, you know, people got excited about that. And so you know, what we've done is we've taken those assets, um, that artwork, uh, we've turned it into, again, sort of a unique one of one NFT and then a, a series, a steel series and a, and a gold series. We've included some additional imagery and information, certificate of authenticity around each of these, and then really you know, worked with each of the teams to develop uh, branding and uh, or marketing rather and, uh, and packages that resonate for each location, each stadium and, and each group of fans. And so, um, you know, we've been really pleased with the results. Um, we've included uh, for overall fans um, kind of a special chase, which is uh, if people collect all 30 of the stadium series, there's a special NFT and a special reward at the end. Um, and so, you know, one of the other things that's sort of core to Candy and to our product development is also thinking about ways that we can engage people beyond the initial sale, um, you know, and, and get them excited about either building a collection or engaging with the community or the product in different ways. And I, I will say, I mean, I'm a fan of minimalist art anyway, but I would encourage anyone to, uh, to go to Candy's website, check out the art because uh, I really dig it. I think it's, I think it's great art. Um, and, uh, and so people know, uh, I mean, it, it, we are sort of in the middle of the rollout of the stadiums uh, a number of them have dropped, and I don't know when fans will be hearing this, but a, a number of them have dropped, and there are still more to come. It's it's a weekly drops, right? Three or four a week. Yeah, that's correct. And so, um, yeah, if you go on candy.com, you'll you can see the schedule. Uh, we started with two stadiums. Uh, last week was four. This week is three. Generally speaking, it'll be kind of four, uh, three or four going forward. 
Um, and the schedule is uh, we release the uh, the drops uh, Monday morning, uh, right around 9 a.m. And then the uh, the auction for the one of one closes on Thursday evening, 7 p.m. Eastern. And then the open mint closes at that same time. Right. So it's an unlimited number that can be minted between Monday morning and Thursday night. Correct. And if anyone misses for any that, that have already run, those are available on OpenSea in the secondary market, right? That's correct. And and that that one that special NFT for people that collect all 30, is that available only for those that have minted all 30 or can you buy on secondary and it's still available? Only available for folks who've collected all 30 at the beginning. Okay. So anyone that's hearing this that missed the first few, it, you're it, out of luck. But it, you're out of luck, unfortunately. But we'll see. Maybe those special ones will be available in the secondary market. So that's true. That's true. Um, so going forward, and, and we did we mentioned Top Shot earlier because it is you know it's, it's going to be an obvious comparison between the two companies, and um, talked a little about the market dynamics. But moving beyond that, seeing you know, they've been operating now for just about a year uh, that they've been in, in beta with the NBA. Um, can you talk at all about what you've learned from watching what they've done that you've been able to apply to Candy? Yeah, I mean, listen, we, we love Top Shot and the, and the product. I think the thing that uh, resonated with us the most uh, is really the community uh, that was built around Top Shot. Um, you know, I think they were probably even surprised by, uh, you know, the explosive growth in the beginning of this year. The, you know, the product obviously launched in the middle of 2020. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think they did a great job uh, managing into that scale and, and they've continued to do a good job sort of add, adding functionality and, and stability to, uh, to the experience. I think what, what is maybe a different path that we're heading down is, um, you know, Top Shot has been focused primarily around a particular product, that video-based moment product. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we're, we're choosing a strategy to offer different types of product. And so, you know, with Major League Baseball, you know, we will have video type product, we will have static image product, we will have um, 3D asset product, we'll have, uh, you know, audio product. And so we're, you know, we're really leaning into uh, the creative and the content side of NFT development and, and okay. really, you know, taking our cues, as I said, from the fan base and from the collector community in really thinking about, you know, not trying to, to tell people, hey, here's a new way to be a fan, but really saying, hey, listen, you're a fan here's a new set of, uh, of assets or collectibles that can, you know, deepen your experience. Um, right. And so we think the way to do that is across different, you know, multiple types of assets. Right. Yeah. I, I think that that makes sense. And, uh, and I, I guess to that, to, to that same idea, um, to a degree, I, I guess playing with different types of assets also lets you meet fans a little bit with where they are that you can sort of, you can create an NFT that is maybe maybe more closely resembles memorabilia that they're already familiar with, in addition to something that is more like a moment. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I and I think the other element of it is we do believe there's real power in the crossover between digital assets and physical assets and sure. in real life experiences. And so again, we're you know very fortunate to have a, a partner like Fanatics, um, you know 
the our ability to you know either offer digital assets that connect back to a physical piece of apparel or you know for fanatics to do an apparel sale that might include or link to a digital asset will really just help us to bring you know more fans into the space right um talking about about baseball fans it's it's generally viewed as a sport that it does skew a little bit older the, the fans and say basketball um nfts are kind of a space for young people at least for now um do you see that as an additional challenge to adoption compared to say the nba which does have a, a bit of a younger fan base yeah i, I mean listen i i think it's uh, a challenge on one hand um and an opportunity on the other right uh, it, you know if if major league baseball you know is is very focused uh, on serving the, the fans that have been with them throughout their lives and understanding that the demographics may, may skew a little bit older. Um, you know, there are, there are still really interesting opportunities to provide, provide these assets to that fan base in a different way. And so, you know, somebody who uh, is reading the box scores or, you know, following highlights on television or, you know, has been a lifelong collector already has one way to access the sport and access their team. And so positioning, you know, a digital asset, not, as I said, as a funky crypto based thing that they need to learn about, but as a, as a new way to kind of add to that experience, um, we do see on roads for that. And then the flip side of that is, you know, the the younger fan base, right? The those younger demographics and, and generations. This is the way to build them into lifelong baseball fans, right? To get mm -hmm. them engaged in the sport, kind of where they're at. And so, you know, we do see that sort of barbell strategy, and it doesn't mean that we're going to develop some products for 22 year olds and some products for 60 year olds, but but we but we see positioning and engagement, you know, across that spectrum. Right. And to the extent that you're offering different products, it allows you to appeal to them in different ways, I guess. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, can you talk a bit about your future plans beyond the stadium series? And, uh, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that I think it's it's public now that you'll have a rollout with some college athletes in the fall. So maybe that's next. Yep. So our next product uh, or project that we announced um, is called Sweet Futures, and that um, that's going to come out in September. That will focus on uh, college student athletes, uh, really creating the first set of collectibles for uh, for college student athletes. And we're starting in uh, with football, but um, you know, over time, we'll develop uh, products there across different college sports. And then we're, um, you know, we're actively engaged in conversations with some of the other major leagues, as I mentioned, both, you know, domestically and internationally. And so, um, you know, expect to uh, start to reveal some of the, those plans before year, the year is up. Great. Um, I, I would love to delve into the details of, uh, of the college athletes getting paid and, and how that piece works, but I suspect that would probably be a whole other podcast. So maybe, maybe we'll save that for another time. For follow-up, exactly. Um, so one last question before you go. Uh, what's your prediction for the World Series this year? Wow. Uh, I, I, I don't think I can put myself out there on that one. Uh, <laughs> other than to say, I, I predict Candy will uh, will be doing great things right around the World Series. How about that? <laughs> okay, good enough. Uh, Scott, thank you very much for, for joining me and 
fans can find the stadium series at candy.com and learn more about the company and, uh, and everything that you've got going on there. Yeah. I really appreciate the time, Adam, and uh, uh, look forward to following up. All right. Thanks very much. Take care.